Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Yes, well, we are here because we do think we can make it better. We do think we can make a difference in our world. And I've got two men on the line with me today who believe that they can make a difference and they can help, hopefully, us do the same. So this is going to be a very exciting uh, evening tonight. And uh, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. My name is John Fisher. I'm, it's just part of what we call the catch and uh, you can sign up at uh, catchjohnfisher.com, and you can get a daily email uh, from me every morning, and uh, that kind of keeps us thinking. It keeps us uh, on edge. I like to do challenging things, and this, is, this has certainly been a challenging week and maybe a little week and a half. Um, it all started with... Uh, an event, an incident that happened at Wheaton College, my, my alma mater, and uh, one of the professors there who, uh, who who lost her job due to a statement she, she said that Christians and Muslims worship the same God, and uh, that was a, a little upsetting to uh, some people, and and the whole thing was not handled very well. She was asked to take a leave of absence almost immediately, and then they backpedaled and decided you now they'd act too, too quickly. But by the time the thing was over, she really felt like it was time for them to part ways. And so, it, from what I understand, it was a it was a friendly parting of ways. But it's it was a shame because she's a, a wonderful teacher, she's taught there for nine years, and a, a, a wonderful catalyst for Christians and, and Muslims, which is. You know, something we desperately uh, need because there's so much uh, anger and hostility going going on in the world right now between Christians and Muslims. Um, we need uh, we need to be uh, much more like Jesus and loving uh, loving and understanding and reaching out to those around us. So um, this is all kind of culminated on a wonderful uh, event tonight where we have. Uh, two two gentlemen. The timing was just perfect. Um, we have uh, Asafi Kaskus. He is in Saudi Arabia right now. He is an American citizen. Uh, he is a Muslim who has uh, translated a new version of the Quran, and we're going to find out about that. And we also have a gentleman with us, David Hungerford, and he is. Uh, He's here in America. I'm not sure where, David, you have to tell us where you're from um, because I didn't get that part of it. I, I thought you were in the East Coast, but you're in mountain time right now, so we'll figure that out when we get going. Um, and David has helped him, not uh, helped Safi. Uh, Safi's done the translating, as far as I understand, um, of the Quran in, into a very understandable English. 
and, and David has helped him cross-reference that to the Bible, which makes this such a unique book. Uh, an attempt, we'll find out why this is all here in a minute, but uh, over 3,000 references uh, to the Bible they have connected through the Quran. So um, when everybody is uh, shouting and pointing fingers and you know, here's some people who are trying to reach across a barrier and uh, and grab hands. So, Tuffy, welcome yes. to the Catch on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, John. And uh, it's pretty early in the morning on Wednesday for you. Is, is Wednesday going to be a good day for us? You can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, uh, I'm privileged and honored to be on your show. Well, thank you, thank you very much. And uh, David, David Hungerford, welcome to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, David, you are, where are you calling us from? Uh, from Scottsdale, Arizona. We are snowbirds, oh, okay. and this is snow season. So where were the sun shines and the skies are not cloudy all day? <laughs> oh great. Well, I'm actually going to be in Arizona in about 2 weeks. I'm going to, I always traditionally spend a weekend in uh, Tempe watching the uh Los Angeles Angels spring training game. There's about 3 of them. Oh, I there pick you up go. 3 games on a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be in your part of the country. Okay, enough of that. Um uh Sophie, you it's early in the morning for you. Um but uh, you're you're awake, and, and we're excited to have you with us. Uh, tell us a little about yourself first, and then how did this unusual project uh, come to be? Actually, I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, in 1944. I moved to the United States in 1969, and I lived, I, I lived there continuously for 30 years. I still uh, go there very often, but right now I have a business in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and I attend to this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely, I will be moving back uh, to the United States soon. Uh, throughout my life, I felt that uh, I'm blessed. Uh, the hand of God uh, is surrounding me with love and grace. Felt uh, felt that I... Uh, need to uh, be a bridge. Uh, you see, in Lebanon, when, where I grew up, uh, we have uh, various uh, Christian denominations, but mostly Catholics. And I went to a Catholic primary school, went to Mass every morning, learned catechism. And, uh, in fact, I still remember one of my most influential teachers. That's her soul, probably. She's dead now, Miss Haddad used to love uh, her lessons because uh, she talked about Jesus. And uh, mm-hmm. Jesus was from early on an impressive personality for me, someone that left uh, a mark uh, on my personality and on my life. Um, so I was always uh, someone who would like to uh, be Jesus-like, and follow uh, the teachings of, of mm. Jesus. Later on uh, in school, uh, you know, secondary school and uh, high school later, uh, always engaged my uh, my friends in uh, discussions about God.
why are we here on earth? What is it uh, that we need to accomplish? Uh, although my family wasn't particularly very religious, you know, so, uh, but uh, I uh, compensated for this talking to my friends and talking to uh, my teachers and uh, having those discussions, you know, very fulfilling to me when I was growing up in my teen years. Then when I came to the States, actually, I can uh, probably mention one, one incident to you that is telling, tells actually the, where my heart is. Uh, I was in a small town called Roanoke, Alabama, near the Georgia border, near the Chattahoochee River. Uh, there is no mosque over there for me to go and pray. So I said, uh, what churches do you have? They said, we have two churches, the Baptist Church and the Methodist Church. Well, I opted to go to the Baptist Church, not because of, I understand the differences between the Baptist and the Methodist, but uh, it, was, uh, it was something that I decided, and I went there, and people say, why are you going to, that, to church to pray? I said, I'd like to be on the side of the believers wherever they are, uh, huh. whoever they are. So uh, mm-hmm. in the United States, it was also the same journey of uh, understanding better, uh, questioning, seeking, uh, you know, all that led me at the end, after nine, in a post 9 11 era, to start thinking seriously about how to really bridge this gap. I saw people uh, talking about verses or quoting verses from the Quran, so called verses from the Quran, and I wasn't even understanding what they're saying. It, those verses uh, sounded very strange and alien to what I learned about the Quran. Uh, so I decided uh, to uh, undertake that uh, translation, but the project did not become really uh, a reality until I met uh, David and a group he was working with on a translation uh, of the Quran uh, to be a bridge toward understanding the Bible in a, in a better way. They wanted to the Bible to Muslims, and I wanted to introduce the Quran to decided to work together, and as a result, we have uh, this translation at this time. And this project, I will tell you, uh, would not have been a reality unless uh, God's hand was... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We uh, he dropped out. We lose him, uh, David. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Loa, let me take over and just introduce myself. You take a, uh, he'll and then he'll back. he'll yeah. he'll, mm-hmm. he'll call back in. Uh, Dave, you yeah. know he's he's calling in on a Vonix phone, and it sometimes yeah. happens. He'll be back in a couple of minutes. Right. Uh, okay. I okay. am a <clears throat> I'm a retired orthopedic surgeon. Uh, you wouldn't think that that would qualify me for uh, participating in a translation of the Bible uh, with references, a translation of the Quran with references to the Bible, and, and I don't uh, <clears throat> have any uh, 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 biblical scholarly roots. Uh, I've been a believer for close to 50 years, probably read through the Bible almost every year, uh, at least the New Testament, the Old Testament several times, but probably the New Testament 40 times. 
I've attended uh, an evangelical church, and uh, through my orthopedic uh, career, I was privileged to develop some intellectual property, uh, which was licensed and uh, produced an income stream that I had not anticipated, and we decided to put the majority of these funds to work in uh, the third world. We did mostly microenterprise projects. Uh, they were always uh, faith-based, and they were a lot of them in Muslim-majority countries. So I had a lot of uh, contact with Muslims, and uh, I didn't know very much about um, uh, Islam. I certainly uh, had uh, been introduced to the Quran, but hadn't really read it in any detail. And we were, uh, my wife and I started a small nonprofit called the Common Path Alliance. And it was, the, the purpose of that was to work with ministries and nonprofits that were working in the third world and mostly in Muslim countries. Now, uh, a lot of uh, Christian work uh, in the third world is designed to uh, produce converts to Christianity, but all of the organizations that we worked with were not uh, focused on converting uh, Muslims to to anything except to uh, introduce them to Jesus uh, hmm. in as he is presented as he presents himself both in the Bible and in the Quran. Uh, I think that the level of ignorance about the common ground in the Bible and the Quran is quite shocking once you realize what that common ground is. When we were working on this project, somebody said to a friend of mine that I was working on this uh, project of uh, common ground between the Bible and, and the Quran, and his comment was very telling and I think quite typical. Could you find any? And the fact of the matter is that... Um, the Quran corroborates the Bible, validates the Bible. There's a verse in the Quran that says, and if the Quran is Gabriel speaking to Muhammad, as a, it's, it's called the recitation. And he tells Muhammad, if there's anything that you don't understand, go to the people of the book for explanation. Now, the people of the book are the Jews and the Christians, both of whom were communities living in Arabia at the time that the Quran was revealed. The, the Quran uh, confirms and validates uh, the authenticity and the authority of the Bible, refers to most of the major prophets and in the Quran, Jesus is presented as uh, born of a virgin named Mary, whose father was Joseph, lived without sin, raised the dead, healed the blind, cured the sick, referred to as the Messiah, and will come at the end of the age to judge the world. 
Now, I think that would be, for most Christians attending church today, that would be shocking, and they would say, I don't believe it. (laughs) Well, there's a book that they can read, which is a translation into English, of the words of the Quran, which allow anybody who is interested to discover what I've just said for themselves. Wow. Uh, We're talking about Moses and the Ten Commandments. We're talking about the slavery of the Egyptians in in Egypt and Moses uh, presenting Mm -hmm. Pharaoh with his alternatives, either let them go or suffer the plagues, and all the plagues are detailed. Pharaoh letting them go and changing his mind. The Israelites crossing the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, the wandering in the desert, the giving of the Ten Commandments, the worshiping of the golden calf, and on and on and on. The birth of Isaac, the birth of Ishmael, the birth of Ishmael first, and then Isaac, and um, it just it just continues on. The presentation of the nature of God in the Quran is very similar. Now the question came up because you introduced it: Do Christians and Muslims worship the same God? Well. How do you define God? First of all, my understanding of God, I would think if we were to discuss it for very long, you would find that your understanding of God is a little bit different than my understanding of God. And the one thing that I can say about my understanding of God is that he is much bigger than my understanding. Mm-hmm. And no. the all the Christians, Jews, and Muslims point to Abraham as their spiritual father. They're the three large um, monotheistic denominations which occupy. Or, or which are believed in by more than 50% of the world's population. But do Catholics agree with with um, Protestants? With uh, Do Jews agree with, does Orthodox Jew have the same concept of God as Reformed Jews? Do Shiites have the same concept of God as the Sunnis? And I would submit that everybody's concept of God is a little bit different to a lot different. And so you could ask the question, do Catholics and Protestants worship the same God? Do Baptists and Methodists worship the same God? The the Quran is very, very clear that... God is one. God is one. And and in that I think Islam and um Christianity in all of its flavors and Jews 
when all of their flavors agree. And there would be a lot of common agreement. So I think that if you look at that, if you look at the character of God, the character of God is an awesome creator. And the Quran presents God as an awesome creator. The Bible presents God as an awesome creator. Almost every chapter in the Quran begins with God, every chapter but one begins in the first verse, God, the mercy giver, the merciful to all. And so God's omnipotence, his omnipresence, his mercy, his creativity are all characteristics that are found in the New Testament, the Old Testament, and the Quran. So there are, and uh, I hope the Safi gets on here and uh, he's and, Safi. And he's back. He's okay. here. He's right, here. Great. <laughs> so do you want to think that the the, um, the the key here is that we want people to understand that number one, number one, no matter what we believe. We are all created by God. Number two, God loves us. And number three, we get our, and we take our marching orders from Jesus. He is the representation and his teachings basically dictate to us how we should live our lives. They give us examples. And the biggest example is, is Jesus' command to love your neighbor as yourself. And in his dialogue with the Pharisees who said, well, who is my neighbor? He gave the example of the Samaritans. And we, in the Western world today, we've got hospitals named Good Samaritan Hospital. So, the Samaritan doesn't have the connotation that it had in Jesus' time. This, the Jews walked around Samaria for hundreds of miles to avoid going through and having to have contact with the Samaritans. They were the despised and the hated people of the time. Mm-hmm. And he gives the example of this is the person, this despised person is the one who showed mercy to the beaten traveler, who showed love to the beaten traveler. Yeah. He was the neighbor. So, Safi, I'm going to let you pick it up there for a minute. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I uh, I want to talk about uh, the importance of Jesus for us as Muslims. You know, uh, we... Just need to, uh, uh, as a footnote here, to say that we are people of goodwill here on this particular uh, radio show. So we can talk in a very civilized manner to each other. But uh, people that are listening to us might be thinking, well, there are some people that hate us over there. 
By the way, those that will say there are some people that will hate us over there can be on both sides of planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Muslims be saying this about Americans, Christians, and American Christians can be saying this about Muslims over there. So uh, people that uh, hate us over there uh, is something that we need to deal with. And I think the best way to deal with this is not uh, through uh, sending airplanes and dropping bombs on each other, but through examples of love, uh, showing love to, e to each other. Uh, it's, this is a subject that's extremely dear to my heart, and I want to talk about it because I hope that your audience would listen to us saying that the cure for the hatred is not more hmm. hatred, cannot be written on a bomb that we're going to drop on some innocent village somewhere in Afghanistan or Syria. It can be acts of love emulating Jesus and forgiving our enemies and trying to uh, find out what, what is it that they need and try to fulfill hmm. these needs for them. We, the, we are the have and they're the have not. So we need to come and complement what we have with what they need. And through this, we will be following Jesus. Following Jesus is not dropping bombs on innocent people. So let me talk about one more thing about Jesus. Muslims believe in Jesus. It's everything that David told you a few minutes ago and more. I, I have a video on this. On, uh, anybody can watch it on, on, the, on, uh, on their computers or go on to YouTube, Jesus in, with Muslim eyes. And there are many uh, books talking about mm -hmm. Jesus in Islam nowadays. It's not a secret that the Quran has more mentions of Jesus than anybody else. And Mary, his mother, is extremely honored as far as Muslims in, uh, are concerned. She's not just a woman or the mother of Jesus and that's it. No, she's the only woman mentioned by name in the Quran. She's very revered and very, uh, very respected. So we need to understand that uh, these things should not be taken lightly or making small off or trying to minimize them. This is a big deal. Now, we believe as Muslims that Jesus is coming back and he will rule. And we believe this on the authority of Muhammad. Oh, he's just Shoot. getting going, David. <laughs> he's just getting going. We yeah. lost him again. Well, he'll, he'll be back. Uh, we believe this on the authority of what it says in the Quran. I mean, the Quran mentions Jesus as Messiah. The Quran mentions Jesus as near to God. The Quran mentions Jesus as the person who will come back and will hold people accountable for their choices. Hmm. Now, uh, one of the things that we need to get into, and I'm going to leave that mostly to Safi, but, you know, there are actually more violent verses in the Bible than there are in the Quran. Now, that might well be because there are more words in the Bible. The Quran is a little bit smaller than the New Testament. And obviously, okay, you throw the back. Old Testament in there. Okay. I'm back. All right. We're going to let you go. Go <laughs> ahead, Tuffy. 
Okay, I'm I'm sorry. This line is getting, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how I'm losing you. But uh, anyway, I wanted to tell you. I don't know where I where, where you lost me, but I was saying that the 1.6 billion Muslims will follow Jesus when he comes back, and we believe he's coming back on the authority of their prophet Muhammad. He told them, he told us to follow Jesus when Jesus comes back. So why make enemies of all these people instead of building bridges between the United States and the Muslim world? Uh, we're yes. trying to make enemies out of them. Uh, so this is, this is something that is bewildering to my mind. I mean, uh, we can be friends. We have a lot in common. Uh, we, our scripture calls us to be friends. We have to be friends. There is no other way. Uh, this planet has to prosper. In order for the planet to prosper, we have to try to understand each other and be together against those mm -hmm. that uh, have no clue what belief is and what, what, what the role of God in our daily life. So this is basically what I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay, Safi, wonderful. Can you maybe help clear up some things for us um, I, in terms of the Koran? Um, yes. You know, we, it, with, a, with our Bible and our scriptures, we have a, a kind of a, well, we have the, uh, what we call the authentic uh, original uh, manuscripts, which would be in Hebrew and in Greek. And if there's a dispute about how things should be translated, we can go to the original and then we can all, you know, work over that. We don't all necessarily agree, but at least we have something we can say this is the real deal. <laughs> do, do does something like that exist for the Quran? Do you have an an original version of it that you can go back to, or yeah, how does that work? There, there is more than that. I, before I embarked on this project of uh, translating the Quran, I wanted for my own self to make sure that the, what we have today is similar to what was uh, originally revealed. So I went on a quest looking for uh, first Muslim century copies, manuscripts of the Quran. And uh, I obtained copies of the Quran from China, all the way to Morocco, from Iran, and I compared them. And then I found several copies that are first century original in various places in the world. And I went and uh, either took pictures uh, or uh, looked at them myself. Those copies exist, and I can assure you there are no differences between them. Now, there are some people that would like to uh, claim otherwise, but that's their problem. I'm not worried about this. I'm personally, I'm convinced that we have the authentic copy of the original that we are reading today. And let me also make another point here, because there is a difference between the, an English copy of the Bible and an English translation of the Quran. A translation of the Quran is always the understanding of the translator, so it has no holiness. Uh, our mm. translation is only uh, my understanding of what the Arabic original says. Uh, mm. I'm not claiming it is 100% uh, correct understanding because I'm not in God's head. I'm not claiming that the Holy Spirit led my pen when I was writing the translation. I hope 
I was led by the Holy Spirit, but I'm not claiming that. Uh, I'm claiming that I did my best trying to understand based on previous understanding and the tools of knowledge available to us today. And this is very important. Tools of knowledge means not only computer and Internet and all this, but the way we use the Internet. There are, there are uh, chapters in the Quran talking about uh, space phenomenon. Without NASA, I wouldn't have been able to understand what the, what the Quran is talking about. Uh, these are modern tools of knowledge that my dad or my grandfather had no access to. Because I have access to them, I can understand the Quran better. Here's what Muslims believe. They believe that the Quran is the word of God, and they believe that the universe is the words of God. So Muslims believe, at least the enlightened Muslim, that the more you understand the universe, the better you understand the word of God. And the more you understand the book, the words of God here on earth, our holy books, the better you understand the universe. So there is this dialectical relationship between the two. Mm. And we are pursuing nowadays with all our modern tools of knowledge, both. We're translating the Quran in a, in a contemporary, fresh, new look at it in order for our children and grandchildren to take it from there and move forward with it. We are not clinging here as modern-day Muslims, enlightened Muslims, into a traditional translation that says that understand the word based on the 7th century or the 10th century. We're looking at the Quran today with 21st century eyes. And this is the basic difference between my translation of the Quran and other translations in the market. Mm-hmm. I, am, yeah. I, I am a modern man. I'm living, I'm living the time that I live in today, and I look at the book with those eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want to understand it in these modern eyes. And this understanding will tell me that I have to love my neighbors. And I, see... Mm-hmm. I cannot get close to God unless I serve others. This is what the Quran teaches me. And this is at the heart of Jesus' teachings. So this is the bridge. This is, this is where I see the value that Jesus brought to us through his teachings. He, and God doesn't change his mind. The same teachings that he gave us before, he, I found that he gave us now through the Quran. So I use it in order to understand what Jesus wants me to do better, and how to love my neighbor better. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let great. me, let me make a comment here about how we got this to um, a contemporary understanding. Uh, because we, we chose that subtitle uh, specifically after really thinking about it a lot. There are, I think... 212 translations of the Quran. Some into of them English. are ab- into English. Uh, some of them are about as understandable as Chaucer and Shakespeare, or maybe the King James Bible. They're not easy to understand. What we wanted to do is to translate Safi's understanding of the Arabic into an English that would be using words that Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't have to go to the dictionary to Mm -hmm. look up. Now, 
Safi is obviously you can tell his English is excellent, but English is a second language from him. It's not his mother tongue. Yes. And English is my mother tongue. I've done a lot of writing uh, in my academic career. And Safi and I sat together for a month in his home in Jeddah, and we went over every verse, and some verses were real simple. And other Mm -hmm. verses, we spent up to one hour to get the English of the translation where we where he could say yes this translation reflects my understanding of this verse and the people who have read this because the translation without the bible verses was published a year ago the people who have read this have been ecstatic about how easy it is to read and how easy it is to understand and so i think in that sense yeah. this time that we spent together going over every single verse uh, has been well spent, and I think people will find it readable and and easy to understand. Now, having said that, um, the easiest thing to do, and anybody who is married knows, uh, there are all these kinds of jokes of he said, she heard, she said, he heard. It's very difficult to communicate something that will be universally understood in exactly the same way. And mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the, other, the other issue here, and uh, I think uh, leave it to Safi, I'm going to open up a, uh, a bag of worms here, but there are people who, who will go to a book in order to find justification for their preconceived ideas. Absolutely. If, yes, we understand if you want that. To go to, if, you, if you want to go to the Bible and find right. out reasons to be violent to people, you can find that. I mean, if you look at the yep. history of the Western world, the Bible has been used to justify slavery and pogroms yes. and the Crusades and the Inquisition, but that and is... And witch, witch hunts. <laughs> and witch hunts and burning of witches. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the church has been uh, guilty of that. And now we see that the Quran is being used mm-hmm. by taking verses out of context and out of their meaning and out of their intent and in contradiction to clear teachings of other places in the Quran, and using it to justify horrendous acts. Let, let me uh, inter- uh, jump in here and say something, if you don't mind, John. Uh, Please. I am an American Muslim, and this means a whole lot to me. And I think one of the main reasons... Uh, David and I worked on this project is because we both care about our neighbors, um, our neighbors in the United States to start with. I, I hate to see the divisions we have in, in the United States at this time and the polarization that we have. 
I think we need to use this translation as a tool and take it around and try to preach love instead of hatred. Uh, I don't think, you know, converting me, for instance, to Christianity will help Christians in any way, shape, or form. But as a Muslim, talking about Jesus and about the love we need to practice in our daily life means something. And I don't want David to convert to Islam. We have 1.6 billion miserable Muslims at this time uh, living at the bottom of the barrel. And we need to, a way to lift them up. We need for mm. them to become active again, looking at the world in a positive manner. If we can help them do this, that will be doing what Jesus wants us to do. This is love, as far as I'm concerned. And if we, Muslims in the United States, American Muslim, and evangelical Muslims get together and try to make peace and find the common ground we have in our holy books and build on that, we will be an example to the rest of the world to follow. Hmm. Instead of killing That's each right. other, let's mm-hmm. love each other. Mm-hmm. This is what yeah. Jesus wants us to do. We might fail, but at least we should try. This is, this is the message I'd like to give. Yeah, that's so important. So what you're saying is that the, the goal of this project is not to convert anyone, it seems to me. Is that right? Absolutely. Not at all. We don't, I don't think uh, it's a contest between those that God sent to us as messenger and the day of judgment. He'll say, and now Jesus has won. That's not a matter of numbers. This is ridiculous. It's the way we act on earth. It's the choices we make to either choose God or choose our own selfishness, our own egos. I Mm -hmm. chose chose God. To choose God, you have to serve your neighbors. You have to love your neighbors. And this is the true faith that God, I think, communicated to us. That's great. Safi, can you tell us us what what you found, what you believe to be, this may be a too difficult of a question, but the, the core message, say, in your version of the Quran, is there something that, that yes, really uh, resonates there for you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, there he goes. <laughs> it was a good question. <laughs> it was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> we, we will wait for him to come back. Well, um, I think I can at least I, begin to ask. I think the, <laughs> the common, the the biggest common ground between Muslims and Christians is the teachings of Muhammad and the Quran and all of the writers of the Bible and the teachings of Jesus is the chief end of man is to love God with all your mind, body, and soul and your neighbor as yourself. I mean, yeah. Jesus said himself in the Bible, this is, this is it. he was asked, what, what's, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, there are only two. The first one is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like unto it. 
like unto it. What does that mean? It's the same. The first one, the second one, is the same as the first one. And Jesus goes on to say, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, what are you? A liar. You're a liar. You can't love God and hate the creatures that God created in his image. It is a non sequitur, an oxymoron. It doesn't work. And that's the main message of the Quran, and it's the main message of the Bible. Can I add something now? I'm back. I'm sorry. I got <laughs> again. Sorry. It's this long-distance thing. Uh, John, actually, after ref- after finishing the work and reflecting on what I've done, it took a couple of months of reflection to to try to uh, get back to what I call the essence of the Quran. Uh, I found out the main message that the Quran is trying to project to, to, to Muslims is the value of freedom. God mm. wants you to choose him freely. God does not want you to choose him under duress. He calls us, he calls the believers in the Quran, worshippers. We were taught throughout history that we're servants, slaves of God. The Bible says that, and the Quran was translated, was explained like this. I found out that the, the difference is one letter between a slave and a worshiper. And God in the Quran call us worshipers. That means we come to him with our free will. If freedom is the essence, then all other values emanate from that. If we Muslims today in the United States try to bring these values from the Quran and build on them and meet the best values our founding fathers brought through the Constitution, we can build something that will help or can contribute to make this country great again. We need to be productive members of of the American population. And this translation of the Quran, in my mind, will help put this founding uh, foundation into this. I'm sorry I'm, I'm bringing religion and the Constitution together, but the Constitution, the love that Jesus taught us in Matthew 22:34 to 40 is basically uh, one-to-one. The Constitution it will help me uh, love the whole, the whole uh, society, uh, the whole population, and treat us with justice. Compassionate justice for me is the other side of love. So both go hand in hand. You cannot govern based on a holy book. You can govern based on a constitution that's influenced by a holy book. So this is this is the, the, another message that I would like to 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 uh, uh, share with you. Fantastic. Um, we have uh, only a few minutes left, maybe five or. Uh, Depends on how much time you guys have. We can go a little bit longer. Um, this is so good. I want to ask you, Safi, there's so much that we uh, you've brought up that we have in common. Uh, 
in your experience, uh, are I, I don't want to, you know, blow this thing up, but I I want to be prepared. Where where do we differ? Are, are there, in your experience, where do Christians differ from Muslims, and is that is that a is that a problem, or how can we, you know, how can we continue through that? Yes. Kind of, uh, John, this is an important question, and it, uh, it, 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 it's naturally, uh, it, it comes out natural in every conversation. I usually okay. like to talk again about the two love commandments. As far as I'm concerned, they're fundamental, they're the foundation of every faith. There is no doubt in my mind about this, to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and to love my neighbor like myself. You can love God any way you want. You can consider Jesus, the Son of God, your personal Savior, the ransom, uh, the incarnate God. This is, this is up to you. This is how you worship your Creator. That's between you and your Creator. On earth mm-hmm. here, in the United States, what matters to me personally is how you love your neighbor. How you love me okay. and how I love you can be uh, written down detailed, and this is how we accomplish the first one, or translate loving God into something practicable on earth. So the differences are based on how we worship our Creator. Leave that alone because it's personal. I don't go and ask people, how do you worship God? Do you worship Him standing or sitting or bowing down on the ground? Do you worship him as a trinity? Do you worship him as one? How do you worship God? Uh, this is, I, I think, kind of uh, splitting hair. As long as you, mm-hmm. as you know that God is your creator and you're worshiping him, that's fine with me. And if that uh, order you to love your neighbor like yourself, that's all I need from you, and that's what I'm going to give you back. This is what my book ordered me to give you back, to treat you the mm-hmm. best way possible. So I, I think this way we can avoid going into these theological differences, thinking we're accomplishing anything when we're actually spinning our wheels doing nothing, but, but playing into the hand of the devil, trying to hate each other rather than to love each other. Yeah, it's so easy, so easy to find, you know, like 21 things we agree on and one thing we disagree, and that's the only one we talk about. So this is the the gap uh, that uh, yeah. that Satan goes through in order to get to us. Yeah, yeah. Probably, I I do I do have to ask you though, for the sake of of my listeners, who uh, are committed Christians, for whom the important thing about Jesus is not just his life and teaching, but his death on the cross, which is a substitutionary death for our sins so that we can be saved. Um, that is a big deal for Christians, and I'm wondering what uh, you think about that part of, well, I guess you would say, Christology. Well, this is, this is what it is. It's, uh, uh, you know, reconciliation is to accept the other as is. My job is not to tell Christians how to worship God or how to seek salvation. 
I hope if I grant them this privilege to worship any way they want, that they will grant me the same privilege and let me worship God the way I want. I any see uh, here we start talking about theology. Uh, we mm-hmm. believe that uh, our, our Christians believe that we are alienated from God, and we needed reconciliation with Him through the Son. I believe I have a direct link with God any time I, I, I know I'm a sinner, and any time I want to repent, I go down on my knees and I bow down to God and ask Him for forgiveness. Uh, this I might get forgiveness through this, or I might not, but that's my own business with my own Creator. You know, no, no one will be asked to stand up for me the day of judgment, and I will not stand up for anyone or, 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 or be punished for the way someone else worship God. So mm-hmm. please worship God the way you want. Let me worship God the way I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with really with the crucifixion. It has to do with whether we were alienated from God and needed, and needed reconciliation through mm-hmm. Jesus or whether we use Jesus as an example in life to live by. I believe mm-hmm. the value of Jesus is in his life. Other believe his value is in his death. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. let's all agree on following Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very gracious answer, and uh, I really Thank appreciate you. that. Shafi, Thank you. Um, what? Uh, okay, our time's just about up. We we our catch audience, the people who will be listening to this, they're they're a really great group of people who um who most of them will be christians some are seeking uh they're not sure where they fit yet but a yes, lot sir. of them are a lot of them like to be challenged and uh, yes. they may might not be your typical christians they they they're a little well they have to be in order to to hear from me every day because yes. i keep i keep pushing them you know uh out outside of the envelope uh i like to I like us to think. So I think we have a group of people who some of them, not all of them, but some of them would love to help you do what you want to do with this. So what I'm saying is what can we do as people here in America to help you with your project and what you want to have happen as a result of your your hard work here? This is a very hard question to answer and very easy at the same time. Um, the, the only thing that comes to my heart as an answer to this, love your neighbor. Uh, whether he's a Muslim neighbor, a Jewish neighbor, an atheist neighbor, whatever neighbor you have, please love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you will, if I, I mean, I will be accomplishing the ultimate goal if I see two people loving each other for the sake of God because they appreciate that their creator created them, put them together at the same time on this planet. Now, if you want to go further, you can understand your Muslim neighbor, and you can understand your Muslim neighbor by meeting one, talking to them, discussing issues with them, especially if you have read, read a good translation of the Quran so you can base the discussion on. I think uh, uh, in the United States, we all have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of hatred that we need to chase away with perfect love. So if we, if love is, is the answer, you know, that, that's all I can tell you. Yeah. 
Okay, that's beautiful. So reach out to our neighbors and and especially Muslim neighbors. And I think uh, is is uh, I think the value of the book might be for us. Would you say more for us than maybe something we might want to give to a Muslim? It would be more for us to understand. No, 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 both. Both, 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 yeah, it goes, goes both ways. Absolutely, it goes okay. both ways. Both ways. We okay. have to work on Muslims much, much more than we have to. I mean, I ha, it's my cross to bear. I have to go to my own people with this. I have to convince <laughs> them that this is what the book is teaching them. It's not like mm. I'm trying to go to, to the others with my message. It's to my own people. To start with, it's to my own self. I have to mm. live these teachings every day myself, and I struggle with that, and I pray for that. So, no, it's for me and my own people first, and then we go with it to the others. This is David's job. Let him go to his own people with it. God bless him. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. we, we work as one completing the other. One of us complete the other. We have, I think, our relationship is exemplary in a sense that we truly love each other for the sake, for his sake, for the sake of God who created us, who loved us. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the core. I think that from a practical pers- point of view, uh, Muslims are a minority, and the disaffection and the fear that Muslims feel and the alienation that Muslims feel, mm. that, that Christians who follow the teachings of Jesus need to reach out to Muslims need to need to take the extra step. Don't have to go into a neighborhood and seek them out, but the Muslims are working in our community, and right. uh, uh, just a smile and a hand, and you know, if you've got a coworker, and invite him to lunch, uh, just to have some interaction. You know, uh, the Bible talks about competing, and Muslims and Christians need to compete with each other. And what is that competition? To love and good works. We need to Hmm. compete with each other for love and good works. Hmm. Well, 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 this is, gentlemen, this has just been wonderful. I want to mention to uh, all of our listeners that uh, you can get your own copy uh, by going to Bridges to Common Ground Dot org. That's all one word, bridges to common ground dot org. And you, I'm sure they'll find, you can find a lot about the organization, right, David? Uh, at Absolutely. At that same, yep. same spot. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Very good. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. You know, Safi, Safi dropped again. I, I hope that he wasn't leaving, uh, but maybe because I wanted to just thank him. Uh, one last time, uh, I, I was just so I'm so encouraged by the man's passion. He, he's a passionate person, oh, and yeah. uh, he loves the, he loves God. Yeah. And I, that's just so great, you know. And uh, boy, I, I just hope more people will listen to this and and get his heart and realize that there, like we say, there's we have more in common than we have not in common, and. Uh, Boy, there's just not too many people who realize that. So yes, thank you, David, for correct. your work. Thank you for your You're work welcome. To, uh, to make this. And and please, uh, 
it does. I don't see Softy coming back, so perhaps he did think that we were done. So would you pass on my I gratitude will. to him? Yeah, no problem. Yep. And, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a guy I could imagine I, I'd love to have as a friend. He he could help you, you really yeah, you know. No question about I that. I can see that. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Okay, David. Well, thank you for your time and um, for what you're doing here. This is pretty exciting, and let's just pray that uh, God produces, teaches us how to love our enemies, and uh, uh, get over these barriers. This is this is thank awful. You. Thank we you for can, putting this start, on. We can make a difference. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, David. And uh My pleasure. Okay. Uh good night to you and uh uh to all of our listeners. Uh I say good night to you as well and uh don't forget bridges to common ground dot org. Um and uh that's where you can get your your copy of uh, the Koran with Bible references, 3,000 references, that you can help to try and bridge a gap here uh, rather than creating more hatred. And uh, so this has been a wonderful evening. Um, thank our guests. Thank you. And everybody, uh, come back next week. We got, we got- to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. I think we can. I know we can. Next week, no Paul Stuckey. Don't miss it. God bless you.